Happy New Year, wrestling fans. Welcome to episode 112 of Smack Talk from SmarkOutMoment.com. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and with me on the mic this evening, we have the winner of the best guest host, Smarky, Sean Walker. Happy New Year, bitches. <laughs> we have Miguel Leon. Back again, ladies and gentlemen, after a substantial hiatus, thanks to uh, schedule changes. <laughs> Wagopedia himself, Stephen Wago. Patent that way go. That actually is not. It, that's actually pretty clever. This is lunch. <laughs> <laughs> and the man who keeps the cafe, Mr. Mike Payton. Well, to all the people out there who voted for Mike Payton in the Smart Out Moment Awards, I'm afraid I have some bad news. That was a better bad news Barrett segment than what he's <laughs> apparently done on SmackDown. Apparently, this is why we need our official Brit back. <laughs> We're going to start 2014 the right way by giving our predictions later on for who is the one to watch in WWE for this year, but we're going to start off this particular episode the same way we start every episode, and that's with the wrestling trivia question of the week, otherwise known as the Ask Him. Now, last week was the 2013 Smarkout Moment Awards, so we didn't have an Ask Him, but we did the week before that on episode 111. To give you guys a little bit of a refresher, the first question to the panel was TLC related as was the other one who was who has the best overall record for appearances and victories in a TLC match and the answer was edge seven appearances and five victories and the second question posed to the audience was the opposite who has the worst overall record for appearances and victories in a TLC match and that answer was Jeff Jeff Hardy He wrestled in five TLC matches and accumulated a grand total of zero victories. Three people got the question right. Those people being Callum Gorman, Awesome Piano Man, and Thomas Sander. And that brings us to this week's question. And as I mentioned before, two parts. One goes to the panel. One goes to you guys out there in audience land. So for the panel, we're going to start doing Royal Rumble-related Ask Hims for this month. Who is the person who has won three Royal Rumbles in the past? Steve Austin. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Austin. Damn right. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And the question to you guys out there, name the four people that have won two different Royal Rumbles. We already gave you one of them with Stone Cold Steve Austin. So there's three other people out there. Tell us what you think the answer is for that. And we will tell you next week who got it right and who got it wrong. We're going to roll along here with the hot tags in part two, and then we're going to take a little bit of a rest hold break, and then we're going to come back with the one to watch for 2014. Welcome back, everybody. We're on part two here of episode 112, and it's time to start going through the hot tags that have gone on in wrestling this week. There's a couple pretty interesting things, one of which is a rumor of Daniel Bryan versus Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. We've seen rumors of Brock Lesnar, Sheamus, John Cena, uh, Ryback, which that kind of uh, went dead months ago. Quite a bit of stuff going around for Undertaker. Bray Wyatt was another one I had heard a while ago, but this is the first time I've heard Daniel Bryan's name get thrown out there. And I gotta say, if we end up having Daniel Bryan versus Undertaker, I don't know how the hell they'll end up getting to that, but that could be pretty damn interesting. I don't know if I really want to see it over Brock Lesnar, but... What the hell? I mean, uh, that could be a pretty damn good match. What do you guys think about it, Peyton? Well, you're asking how they're going to do it. It's pretty easy. Where did we just see Brian end up this week? 
in the Wyatt family. And the Wyatt family is just a perfect juxtaposition for The Undertaker. Um, I would much rather see the Wyatts getting into some sort of thing built up with The Undertaker than John Cena. I could say that for freaking sure. Um, the whole mystical cult thing, it's, they're just perfect to go against each other. The Undertaker had his time as the cult leader, and now he's just kind of like the the lone ranger getting ready to ride off into the sunset. And now our new cult leader is here, and he's going to be sending in his top prospect because, shit, if we put Bray Wyatt in there, it's going to be a terrible match. <laughs> so if that's the way they decide to go, I could, I could, I could fox with it. You know, Brian's a, a talented fellow. He'll be safe with The Undertaker in there, and I think it'll have the possibility to live up to the potential that everyone expects of The Undertaker match at WrestleMania. Maybe some kind of a callback to the devil made me do it. Mm. I mean, there is there there's a lot of unfinished business with Kane. Um, and, and that's a whole another can of worms that you got to consider. That the uh, is Soupy Sales here. <laughs> so <laughs> somebody's riding that, that, a carousel right now. <laughs> that's, that's that's my phone. I that's my email. Te- that's my email chime on my phone. Don't mind that. The, um, it isn't so, a woman moaning like the other episode. The, the Wyatts. Al- it always goes off during shows like this. It's either this or IGG. This thing always goes off, so don't even don't don't mind it. <laughs> the the Wyatts, their whole thing is to go against the machine, the the authority, if you will, which is where Kane currently lies. I wonder if perhaps we'll see the Undertaker begin to join with the authority. Hmm. That would be something different. The Undertaker hasn't been heel in WrestleMania in a hell of a long time. So. I don't even know if it has to be heel. It could just be like. Um, you know, Triple H comes up to a man to man out of respect saying, hey, I need you to be our guy for this. Yeah, true. Uh, Steven? Um, the Wyatt family stuff's making a lot more sense if that's actually true. Um, I'd definitely be up for a Daniel Bryan versus Undertaker match. Uh, I don't think the match between Brock and Undertaker would be that good, to be quite honest. Plus, I think Brock could end up killing him. So, um, Daniel Bryan versus Undertaker makes a lot of sense for me. Um, it's uh, Daniel Bryan's obviously fell out of the title picture. At least he can have the best match on the card with The Undertaker. So, hell yeah. I love good wrestling, and that's going to be one hell of a match if it happens. How they do it, I guess maybe that's what the Wyatt family's for, but we'll see. Sean, what are your thoughts? Um, I, I, don't, I don't like the idea, because I like the idea of the, the streak getting beaten. I don't see Daniel Bryan actually beating the streak. So, whereas Brock Lesnar would be more believable. For him to take the streak, but you know, swings and roundabouts. It'd be a good match. What do you think, Miguel? If that's where they're going with Brian joining the the Wyatt family, I'm I'm okay with it because honestly, I wasn't okay with it, with him siding with the Wyatts. I thought it was a big step down from where he was. Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, where are they gonna go with this? My first thought was maybe having doing this to maybe have Brian put over Bray. Because I think I know they see a lot in Bray Wyatt's character, and I think if there's one guy you could put him in the ring with that'll make him look good, especially on a WrestleMania stage, it's Bray, it's um Daniel Bryan. It's almost like a Fandango uh, Chris Jericho situation. Um, but if the if this is just a throughput to get him to face the Undertaker, I'm okay with that too. I mean, it's it's like CM Punk versus the Undertaker. It's one of those matches that I think. When we see it, it's going to be four stars at least. Um, I, I think in the case of The Undertaker, you really don't need a storyline. I think The Undertaker and his streak have become so ubiquitous. You could just have him pop up and target the Wyatt family, and people will just be okay with that. It's not the lead-up. People don't pay attention to the little details when it comes to The Undertaker. It's just The Undertaker's here. He wants the Wyatt family. 
accept it. Let's so, just not uh, forget when The Undertaker made that big 212 return and he just comes out and then Triple H comes out and then they stare at each other <laughs> and they stare at the WrestleMania sign. And then yeah. We have... And yeah, then another was... little title card pops up and goes, LOL, not Sting. Everybody <laughs> 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 expected it to be that. Uh, but, I mean, if you think about it, if we're, if we're going by continuity's sake, he should have he should be targeting the Shield because the Shield was the one the, the people that attacked him at Raw 1000, if I'm not mistaken. Wouldn't it be great if Undertaker came out and he just cut a promo and he's like, yeah, I should be going after the Shield, but Roman Reigns is going to do that for me anyway, so... <laughs> honestly, if honestly, if they want to do Taker versus the Shield to capitalize on that and Roman Reigns' success, I'd be totally okay with it. I don't think you should give Roman Reigns the win, but you can use that as, as a springboard to maybe the, the breakup of the Shield. You can You can have it so that the Undertaker beats them and... It kind of creates a wedge between all of them. Honestly, I'd rather see that than Daniel Bryan versus The Undertaker. But if I have if I have no choice and I have to see Bryan versus The Undertaker, I'm okay with it. Another rumor that's going around here is something a little bit more along the lines of Fanboys Anonymous related. But it ties into wrestling, so we're going to accomplish the two things here. The Rock rumored to be Green Lantern in the Justice League movie. And for those who aren't too familiar with uh, uh, oh, sorry, there's... I- Multiple Green Lanterns. There's not just uh, Hal Jordan, which was Ryan Reynolds in the really shitty Green Lantern movie that we saw a couple years ago, but there's also, you know, a million different uh, alien versions of them, and there's, uh, I think, four other ones from Earth. There's uh, Guy Gardner, there's Jon Stewart, the one that The Rock is rumored to be playing, there's Kyle Rayner, so on and so forth, but... uh, if The Rock ends up being in Justice League, that would be the Jon Stewart character, and I'm 100% against it. And it's not because it's The Rock. I don't want that character to pop up. Uh, even if it was that character and I can't get around it and I'd be annoyed enough with that, I don't necessarily think The Rock would be right for it. And that's me as a comic book fan, not as a wrestling fan trying to keep wrestlers out or anything like that. I just think you could do a lot better for character and for finding a better actor for the role uh so everybody here is a part of fanboys so um not everybody has you know incredible ties to greenland or anything like that but speaking from a cohesion of fanboys and smart out moment let's go around the here again Peyton, what do you think about the idea of the rock being in justice league well i didn't know the daily show was a dc property <laughs> it just happens to be a coincidence. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's um, got to play Stephen Colbert, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm really not that deeply in thought about this. I mean, I don't know anything about the backstories of most of these superheroes in the DC universe. I'm much more of a Marvel guy in that regards. The only person I care about in this movie is Batman, and he's already being played by Ben Affleck, which is a whole another can of worms. The Rock. I mean, make your jokes about him as you will. Everything this guy has been in in the last number of years has done phenomenal box office numbers. And at this point, DC is so behind the curve of what Marvel is doing with their film franchise. They need to step it up. And if they can get the rock in there and it's going to help them get those numbers, then hell, go for it. I think the coolest thing that we have is we're going to have the rock on one side of the superhero spectrum and Batista on the other. So you know what I think? WrestleMania 31. Three Lantern. Versus Drax the Destroyer. <laughs> I actually, I'm gonna say, if WWE could make that happen, I'm sure they could. They will. Uh, the, I wouldn't mind seeing a Rock versus Batista matchup. Those are my two favorite. No, wrestlers. no, no, no. Green Lantern versus Drax the Destroyer. Oh, they, okay. they need to come All out right. in costume and everything. It has to be a WWE Films uh, kind of production. 
It has to have those crazy so you mean like, it's camera edits sound effects and stuff. <laughs> so what do you think about this, Steven? I don't give a fuck about superheroes. Um, so, yeah, I'm not a big superhero guy. Um, the, whatever The Rock touches recently has been pretty good. So, yeah, sure, whatever. Steven sitting there going, "Let's. I, I got to wait until for these nerds to finish. <laughs> Miguel, what do you think? I am completely 100% against this idea. I I'm I'm a, I'm getting into Green Lantern. I actually I'm currently going through the uh, Blackest Night storyline. I'm going to work my way backwards through the Jeff Johns trilogy. Um, but I I'm against it because my my uh, experiences with Jon Stewart is through the Justice League Unlimited TV series, which I like. Likewise. And I just don't think The Rock fits that kind of character. I think. To me, Jon Stewart, you need more of um, a distinguished character. Like he, he comes off as somebody who is not the prototypical action-looking guy. Like he, he's more of like a, a general almost. Like he, he's more serious. And I think honestly, if you'd have given me the choice to cast a Green Lantern, if they are going the, with the um, through the Jon Stewart um, character. I honestly have always wanted to see Idris Elba play that role. I think he would have been perfect for Green Lan- for Green Lantern, but I'm a big Idris Elba fan. Um, and just to call it, say something in terms of why they're doing this, Tony, I think it's to distance themselves from the flop that was the Green Lantern movie. I think that they're trying to distance themselves from that as much as possible. And really, the only way you can really do that is by going with either Jon Stewart or Kyle Rayner. And I think given Jon Stewart's got a better rapport with the fans due to the justice league unlimited series i think that's probably why they're going with him for the um the justice league for uh, the the supposed justice league movie but if they are going to go with a black wrestler why not mark henry as the green lantern (laughs) (laughs) that'd be the most intimidating green lantern ever (laughs) just stand the fuck back at that point he's more better hurricane as green lantern (laughs) the hurricane yeah. He could be he could be he could be in there when they bring back Kyle Ra- when they bring in Kyle Rayner or Guy Gardner. I, I could I could see Shane Helms playing Guy Gardner. Stand back. Shane Helms is coming through. As long as oh, he's not got a motorcycle, boys, that one end will. As long as long as he loses some weight, because that second time when he came back, uh, you can tell he he hasn't missed a meal in a long time. I'd rather just see uh, Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck beat the crap out of Gregory Helms, period. Just out of the movie. Just see him beat the crap out of him. Just... If that's going to be the case, can we just bring back Ryan Reynolds and have both of them beat him up? <laughs> can we just I have them all like beat Ryan up James Franco? <laughs> Why James Franco? <laughs> Fuck James Franco. Oh. Seems legit. <laughs> Sean, what do you think about the Green Lantern situation? Um, I don't like The Rock as an actor, so... Bad decision there, and I don't like John Stewart as the Greenland. So, you know, I actually liked Hal Jordan. I actually like Ryan Reynolds. I actually enjoyed the movie. All right, we got uh, two other hot tags here. One of them is kind of uh, kind of odd that they're going to be doing this, but it makes a lot of sense. WWE with their performance center is going to be starting to teach things like money management skills and budgeting and ways to uh, come off better on Twitter and a bunch of other things to their talent to make sure that they don't fuck up and become a Ric Flair later on in life or make an embarrassment of themselves to the media. 
I think that that makes a lot of sense, but uh, the reports were saying that it's almost looking like they're going to college more than they are training to become wrestlers and being, uh, you know, doing this kind of sports entertainment career. That's a little bit weird, but you know what? If that's going to be the difference between having a lot of mistakes in the future, and we're going to get to that other hot tag, uh, which kind of ties into it, if that kind of preparation uh, can stop that, then I'm all for it. Peyton? Absolutely. I mean, when they first announced this performance center, they said this wasn't just going to be about in-ring training. This was going to be about weight training. This is going to be about life training, life coaching. I think this is the best thing they could possibly do. I, I just hope that maybe if someone isn't doing so well and say like money management, that that's going to keep them from the main roster. I think this should just be um, elective classes that are just extra life lessons for these people and not stuff that's required in their success. But I, I think this is perfect. I think this is the best thing they could possibly do. And honestly, I wish I could attend some of these classes. Imagine if that was the case, too. Like, like this uh, rumor that they're really into Mojo Raleigh. They're like, you know what? He's got uh, charisma. He's good in the ring. He can talk right. He's, uh, you know, he, he's a great young talent. He's going to go far. Great with the media and all that. But, man, that guy's numbers, his stats are just really weird. He, he, he can't uh, balance his checkbook that well, so we can't make him a, a superstar anymore. Well, it also depends on what kind of uh, schedule this is going to be keeping, how much this is going to be burdened onto these guys. I mean, if this really does become like college where they're lugging around textbooks and they have to go home and do homework every freaking night of the week, then no. I mean, if it's taken away from their time of focusing on the ring and in the gym, then it's a problem. But if they have this extra time while they're sitting there in Florida, why not make use of it and help these guys get some extra life skills so you can prevent people like Ric Flair, so you can prevent people from like from like Scott Hall um, and all those other things from happening. This is great. Big ups um, on WWE. Once again, another fantastic idea in the era of Triple H. I'm just sitting here thinking about that whole textbooks thing, and it's like, everybody, I want you to write a 1,000-page essay on the DX biography. What if, like, the wrestlers were the teachers in character? <laughs> well, Titus O'Neil and Darren Young, millions of dollars. Right. I, I, I <laughs> we're going to teach you like, how to save millions of dollars, millions of dollars. I, I picture it being like, you ever see um, the TV show Tiny Toons? How they mm -hmm. go to university, and it's all the Looney Tunes characters teaching right. the classes. It'll be just like that. <laughs> Can Although we bring Jane back just for that? Oh, <laughs> you know who's going to teach American history? Hacksaw. Yeah. <laughs> Taking bumps with Dolph Ziggler. I tell you what, they're looking for more shows on uh, WWE Network. I'd fucking watch this. <laughs> Family Life with Chris Benoit. Oh, oh Jesus. <laughs> right on that hot tag. <laughs> Wait, go. What do you think about the Performance Center stuff? Um, I like it as long as what Payton said, um, if they don't do well in those fucking classes, that it affects them getting onto the main roster. If that happens, that's an issue. Otherwise, I think it's great. There's so many guys that go from living off basically a snack and gas money when they're on the road on the independent scene that go to the WWE, start making big money. They don't know how to manage it or what to do. It makes sense that they do something like that. Uh, you hear constant horror stories of where wrestlers um, haven't made uh, money and they've had to go and find work after they've retired from the business. So I think it's just a great thing all around because like Stone Cold always says, it's not what you make, it's what you save. There we go. Oh, me? Mm -hmm. There we go. Oh, okay. I, 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 <laughs> all right. I wasn't sure if you said my name or said Wago. You you kind of whispered it. Um, <laughs> I think this is a good thing. and. I think this is a great thing, and I'm going to use OVW as a um, an example because that's exactly the same setup that Jim Cornette had 
back when he was running OVW back in the early 2000s, and they were cranking out some great talent back then. I think I got to give Tri- Triple H credit. He really seems to want to make this performance center he thinks nothing. something special because for for years back when they had just FCW, it was ju- it was a joke. You know, they had no schooling, they had no budget, and you could tell because the 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 talent crank out uh, during that time was just minimal. I can't think of a single person that came out of that original FCW um, that that FCW class that went on to anything. Are, are Shane- you serious? John Cena, Batista, no, 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 no. Randy oh, Orton, Brock no. Lesnar, Shelton Benjamin. That was that, that was OVW. Said FCW paid. I said oh, FCW. FCW. I'm sorry. Yeah, the mid 2000s to late 2000s when they they cut their ties with OVW and did their own thing down here in um, um, down here in Tampa. Here's I remember Tatsu, I, Bam Neely, <laughs> Ricky Ortiz, Eric Escobar. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's the point I'm trying to make is that that late to that late 2000s run from FCW really didn't crank out that many guys. I think Sheamus is probably there? the only guy that I was can think of. What? Who was in charge there? Was it Dusty? I believe it was. I think it might have been Dusty back then. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been. I think Dusty's still in charge, technically. At least I, I know he's producing. I believe he's still producing the uh, the TV series, uh, the well, NXT the reason, show. The reason OVW was so so successful was because you had Danny Davis and Jim Cornette running that ship, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it goes when you got Danny Davis training your guys. Yeah, but my my point is is that I I, I really got to give Triple H credit for wanting to do this. I think this is a plus, and I think it's going to work. I think they're going to set it up to where it's going to benefit the students more you know uh, triple h really has an eye for this seemingly and from what i've heard a lot of the stuff he's doing down there is successful and i think this is just going to be another uh, feather in his cap you know i i really do think there's you're going to see a lot of good things coming out of this performance center sean what do you think about this whole setup i'm, I'm completely lost <laughs> so you need to if they want to teach me <laughs> if they want to teach me be my guest <laughs> One more hot tag. Uh, Peyton kind of threw a little reference out there for it in a very terrible joke, but it was funny. What the hell? Uh, Chris Benoit footage is going to be shown on the WWE Network, but they're going to put a little advisory note before anything that includes him on it. I don't know what the advisory note's going to say, because how are they going to word this? It's going to be awkward. Warning, this say... fucker killed his family. Don't watch. <laughs> right. Like, how are they going to put Children, please it? be advised. Are they going to say, like, warning, the people shown here do not express the uh, views and whatever of the, like, the normal advisory notes that I've seen don't seem to really apply to this guy that we're going to be showing killed his family and we don't like that. Like, there's, I don't know, that's going to be very awkward. Are they going to just put, the following match does not contain harm to women and children? Maybe. Yeah. You know what? They might end up doing something like that. I have no idea, but it's going to be very awkward. But at the very least, it's good that they're not going to be editing and hacking up their footage to pieces because they want to try to, you know, Photoshop out a little picture of Chris Benoit for the five second clip that he would be a part of or something like that. So I don't know. I mean, this is, it gets into that whole debate where people go, well, Benoit's achievements as a wrestler need to be rewarded but as a person blah 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 it's the same old same old story again we've gone through over a thousand times but as far as the footage being shown goes what do you think Peyton? you know they say in time all wounds are healed i just don't know if this one is completely healed for a lot of people 
Um, there's obviously a very, very vocal group of folks who want to see Benoit back in our televisions. And I don't think we should completely deny it. Um, and I don't think we should completely ignore the facts. I think it's smart. They're going to do this uh, disclaimer. I would take it very seriously though. I wouldn't just have like a little, don't try this at home texting appear above before whatever it is. I would actually go the extra mile and, um, do something similar to like, if you ever watch any newer versions of Disney's song of the South, uh, which is a a movie about the slavery times in Southern America that Disney did back in the early 1900s. Um, if you watch that now, there's always a celebrity before the movie saying, uh, yeah, you know, Disney was kind of assholes and America was a bunch of assholes for making this movie, but, you know, it's still cool, so please watch it. <laughs> it they got to have an actual human being and someone of significance, someone that we're going to respect. It's got to be Vince. It's got to be Triple H. It's got to be somebody standing there and saying what's going on there. That, I'm actually – Good, Will. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, but I've always thought that that was probably the classiest way they could do it, at least for like something like WrestleMania. Like for the longest time, I've been wondering, you know, with all these WrestleMania packs, you know, how are they going to deal with the fact that he he main evented a WrestleMania and he main evented it with Triple H. So, you know, they're not going to just cut it out. Well, I, I think that <laughs> if you play uh, the, the latest WWE 2K14 where they do the chrono- chronicalization of WrestleMania, I believe that one's main event. They count as uh, Taker Kane. Huh. Oh, that's just, you know what, I, I'm, I will say that, I, you know, I didn't say this, wait, has my, has my type even come up yet? You can go. You, you can take over, I'm good. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but for a second I, there, I, I was just kind of going in circles, so it's, it's all you, Bigo. Yeah, I'm not paying attention, guys, I'm in the middle of eating a Hawaiian pizza, so if I'm kind of in and out, <laughs> it's probably because I'm enjoying a really nice pizza. It's a good excuse. Yeah, Hawaiian pizza, it's always a good excuse. Um, <clears throat> Can it be a crush pizza? It's a thin crust pizza, pizza actually. A, a crush. Never mind. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, you know what? It's history. It's it's history. You you can't pretend that it didn't exist, especially if you're gonna really, if you're gonna be a professional company, you can't just ignore it. I mean, you look silly. You gotta, especially if you're gonna be putting out more DVDs with uh, for people. I mean. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The Chris Jericho DVD that they finally made was that before or after his death? No idea. I have no idea either. I I'm gonna assume that it was after, and if that's the case, I almost guarantee you that they probably left out a lot of Benoit matches off of that, and that's a travesty considering how much those guys had in common and how many matches those guys had. I mean, one of my first rivalries I ever saw was him and and Benoit back at SummerSlam 2000, and I thought that two out of three falls match they had was was really good. Um, I think, you know, you obviously the WrestleMania thing that we talked about, you, you can't scrub this guy from history. I mean, the fact that they put on a Randy Orton DVD and only glossed over the fact that he won his first World Heavyweight Championship from this guy at, Summer, at SummerSlam, I think is ridiculous. And I think, you know, I don't think you need to put a disclaimer because I don't think I, I think people we you know anybody who knows about Benoit knows what he did, you know you're not gonna offend people if you just show a matchup of his, uh, it's it's history you know it happened, you just gotta deal with it. I, I if this is what gets him back on film, I'm fine I'm okay with it. I think it's just kind of silly and I think they're going way too far to appease you know advertisers and things like that. Wago, do you think that by calling attention to this they're going to keep it going and kind of uh not to say like 
keep it fresh in our minds, but that they're going to do a disservice to that instead of just kind of letting it pass by? Or Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, basically, by drawing attention to it, you're making uh, the situation highlighted. You don't need to bring attention to it. We all know about it. We're all... A lot of people are still getting over it. I mean, there's a lot of butthurt people on the internet. Um, I just say, if you're going to put the footage on, just put it on and don't mention anything. Uh, we know what's happened. It's a part of history. You can't erase it as much as they want to erase it. Just let it be. And if people don't like it, they don't have to watch it. That's the end result of it. So I, I'm one of these people that I know a lot of people are saying Benoit did horrible things. So just stram, strike all this stuff from the record. Um, I'm not on that set. And then there's other people that go, oh, we should be put in the Hall of Fame because it's Benoit the wrestler, not Benoit the person. I'm on the boat where I don't think you should celebrate his accomplishments, but they should be there to be able to be viewed. What do you think, Sean? Pixelate him out like Japanese porn. <laughs> nah, but South the... Park Muhammad thing. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't the NFL show footage of OJ Simpson, though? Yeah. I believe then so. What's the difference? Yeah, uh, apart from OJ, OJ didn't a... kill himself. OJ was acquitted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We all know he did it, though. It's not for us to judge. It's for the judge to judge. But that'll round out the hot tags for this week. We're going to take a little bit of a break here with the rest hold, and we're going to come back with the one to watch for 2014. Before we get into the main event of the night, instead of having bathroom breaks at Smack Talk, we take a little bit of a breather and do a rest hold. And that part of the show ends up scrambling around some quicker segments and taking care of the promotional material going on this week. The first thing to take care of is everybody's favorite segment, according to the uh, the awards, the Bleacher Report card. And for those that are interested in knowing what I've written this week for that website, there are two articles that deal with the upcoming WWE Royal Rumble 2014 pay-per-view. One of them promising feuds that deserve a showcase at the event, and the other one, superstars most likely to steal the show during the Battle Royal. You can find a link to those on the YouTube description, the Facebook and Twitter accounts, the homepage for SmartCoutMoment.com, or you can just browse along on Bleacher Report itself. The YouTube comment of the week, or rather the past two weeks, is essentially everybody all your comments that had to deal with the 2013 Smart Out Moment Awards. Loved hearing what you guys had for your choices. Still want to hear some more. So if you haven't told us what your choices are for what the best and the worst of WWE this year was, go ahead and leave those comments. And any other insightful commentary or anything funny that you've got to say, keep sending that in and tell us to smart your words. The first mailbag of the year is coming up on episode 114, so if you have any questions that you want to ask us to get to know us better, or whatever it may be, make sure you send those in using the contact form of the website, and likewise, we'll make sure to answer them. Remember the Sign Me Up initiative? If you bring a sign that says Smark Out Moment to any kind of wrestling event, whether it's WWE, TNA, ROH, Shimmer, Glow, Dragon Gate, whatever it may be, it doesn't really matter, send a picture or a video of it to me, and I will feature it on the website as well as on the next episode of Smack Talk. 
If you're a fan of things like video games and movies and comic books, superheroes, and pretty much all other things that are geeky, fanboysanonymous.com is the place you want to go. Nearly everyone on the Smartout Moment team is also a part of the Fanboys Anonymous Collective, so if you want to follow these colorful characters over to another YouTube channel that isn't necessarily wrestling related, I'm going to be relaunching our YouTube channel this month. As I've stated before, we have to start all over again from zero subscribers since our old YouTube channel was taken down. So if you want to lend a hand, please subscribe to youtube.com slash fanboysanon, F-A-N-B-O-Y-S-A-N-O-N, and tell your friends, share the Facebook page, so on and so forth. Every little bit is going to help a mango tree grow. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a contributor to Smarkout Moment and joining the writing team for the website, I'm always looking for more people to help out and cover the things that I don't have the time to do, such as live television show results, breaking news updates, and even a bunch of segments that are similar to the ones that we do here on Smack Talk. If that's something you or someone you know might be interested in doing, go ahead and send me an email using that same contact form as the monthly mailbag, and I'll fill you in on everything else you need to know in regards to working with Smartout Moment. For now, break time is over with, so let's get back to work in part 4 and start giving our predictions for who is the one to watch in WWE for 2014. Alright guys, 2014 is starting and that means we're going to start off this year and do what we did last year. Try to pick who is the one to watch for the year. Uh, basically what that means is we all can pick one person that we think is going to have a really breakout year in WWE. And they don't need to be a rookie or anything necessarily. They don't even necessarily need to be on the roster. They could be somebody that might be joining soon and they could have a good year. They could be a veteran and they're going to finally get that world title reign. Anything of the sort like that. Uh, last year, I'm going to give a rundown of who we ended up picking Alfonso picked Antonio Cesaro, who had a pretty decent year in some regards, but he did start off the year with the United States title and wasn't able to win another title since then. Braden went with Ryback, who, man, Ryback, whew, he got <laughs> fucked over this year, didn't he? Uh, the Miz was the choice for Chris Jester, and Miz floundered a bit. You know, he um, He had his ups and his downs, but mostly downs, I would say. Burhan went with Dean Ambrose, who had a really good year. He's still the United States champion, and he is still one of the more prominent members of the roster, despite being a, pretty much a rookie. Graham went with Wade Barrett, who was almost completely absent for a lot of this year, which is a shame. Carlos split his. He went with uh, The Miz and Cody Rhodes. Both people we went over The Miz uh, a minute ago. Cody Rhodes has been gearing up to a pretty good year. And I ended up going with Daniel Bryan, and I don't really need to explain what kind of a year Daniel Bryan had. He had a really good year. But 2014 has a whole new uh, picture that we have. Some people have been released. We have some more people on the roster that didn't even exist when we were doing this last year. So what do you guys think is the one person who is going to be a standout this year? And do you think that they're going to have any particular title reigns? Do you think that they have any significant feuds that are going to be the reason why you picked them? Where do you think they're going to end up when it comes to 2015? And overall, who was the one to watch 
Payton. Who do you think? I was worried you were going to come to me first. <laughs> uh, well, listen, there's a very obvious answer that I think anyone here could easily go with. Is it a Samoan answer? It is a Samoan answer. Uh, and that man is, of course, the standout, as they kept referring to him during SmackDown segment tonight, Roman Reigns. Uh, this guy is just an absolute beast. And if I had been around last year for this one to watch episode, I would have said Roman Reigns then. And you can already you can go ahead and call my bluff. But if you go into an episode, I think it was one or two weeks we did after that where we booked WrestleMania. I booked Roman Reigns to pin The Undertaker. I've been very big on Roman Reigns for a long time. I think he should have had a better year than he had. But you know what? Even what he did have, being a tag team champion, going from being the guy that people were kind of like, oh, he wasn't an indie guy. I don't give a shit about him in the Shield, to being the standout, without a doubt, to anybody. There's very few people who will make an argument for anyone else in that group to have the potential to stand out more than Roman Reigns. Will he become a world champion in 2014? That all depends on what kind of push they want to give him. Um, they're they're very lax on giving guys those rocket pushes like they did. Last guy they did that for really was Sheamus. I, I don't know if they'll do that with him just because of fear. But at the same time, this guy's got the blood. He's got the look. He's got the skills. He's got the dedication. I don't know why there's any reason not to. So Roman Reigns, one to watch, 2014. What do you think the bottom line is that he's going to end up in 2015? When we go back and we look at this next year... What do you think is going to end up happening? He's going to be world champion? Do you think he's going to be long-time U.S. or I.C. champion? Upper mid-carder? Where do you think he's going to end up? I don't think he's a guy who should hold on to a mid-card title. If anything, I would rather see him just kind of hang out on his own until he's ready to go into that world title spot. I think more 2014 has to be here that Roman Reigns creates his own persona. Because right now he's just another guy of the shield. He needs to separate himself. He needs to take off the flak jacket and show off those beautiful pecs and solidify himself as a single person, a single entity, and not a member of the shield. And we wonder why we got those type of colders in. (laughs) (laughs) Wago, who is your one to watch for 2014? I'm going to give you the Samoan answer again. Um, the only other guy I can think of is Big E, and I'm still unsure about him. As far as Roman Reigns, the future is bright. He has the look. He has the ability in ring. Um, a big guy that can move around, that's awesome. Um, obviously, WWE is high on him. Every time that they show the shield, it's like they slowly pan away from the other two members and just focus the camera on Roman Reigns. They're into him. Uh, the fans are behind him. You know, when he was eliminating everyone in the Survivor Series match, everyone was into him. Um, as far as what the future holds for him, I don't think he's going to be champion in 2014. Just because with the titles unified, that spot is ever so harder to get, as it should be. But I see him as Mr. Money in the Bank this year. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's you know, Money in the Bank's a good thing that could end up... Uh being on him and there's only going to be one money in the bank too so that fucking time yeah unless they split that all up and they start doing money in the bank for like the the u.s title or something like that but i don't know i don't think they'll be doing that miguel one to watch 2014 who's your pick it's really hard to say because you guys have already taken the most obvious two at the same time though how many guys have we gone into you know, years passed and thought, all right, this guy clearly is going to be the next big thing. And they've just dropped the ball on him so much. I mean, I remember when people thought Barrett was going to be the next big thing. You know, I remember when I, I really can't think of any more people after that. But there there have been there. There have been guys that people have thought were going to be big stars and haven't really attained much. Like Cesaro, Hell, even Ryback. Obviously. Yeah, Ryback the same way. I mean, you know, 
everybody puts so much stock into a lot of these up and coming guys, and it seems like WWE just purposefully kills these guys down almost almost to spite the fans in a way. Like they're like, oh, you guys think that, that this guy's going to be big? Well, screw you guys. We <laughs> tell you who's going to be a big star, even though we already originally told you that these guys are going to be big stars. But, but here's the care. difference. They are telling us who this star is going to be. Roman Reigns wasn't a people's champion. He was something that was shoved down our throats and caught on. Maybe that's going to be the case. And I the mean, WWE like him because he's totally WWE made. He isn't from an independent. He's um, made in NXT. They, they love that. Yeah, but to be fair, so was Ryback. Ryback was a was a homegrown talent. I don't remember him being an indie guy. It, <laughs> he's still got a job, doesn't he? <coughs> Me said Ryan. <coughs> he's, got a, he's got a lot of jobs to different people. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but if I, I'm, I'm trying to think of one that isn't Biggie Langston or, or Roman Reigns that I could probably say do, is do, going to be impressive. Do, um, do, 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 do. You know, I hate to say this. Play an elevator gonna, music. No, I, I hate to say this because it's going to sound cliched, you know, and most people are going to laugh. But given how much, pre, given how much uh, um, emphasis they've been giving him down in NXT, I'm going to say that the, the wild card pick that most people are probably going to scoff at I'm gonna go with Bo Dallas. I think. Oh, Bo Dallas. No, no, no. I'm gonna. I, I'm, Don't I stop this. believing, people. <laughs> I preface this because if you've seen NXT, he's caught on. I mean, he's he's really grown into this heel gimmick of his. This kind mm. of overly, almost a parody of John Cena in a way. It's almost like if John Cena realized how, what he was doing and really just kind of latched onto it. That's Bo Dallas, and I I think. I think if they brought him up and they just let him continue with that gimmick, I think he could really get over as a fun heel you know maybe not main event material but i think he he'll be he might be somebody that could make the mid card very interesting hmm. just a small town bow <laughs> living um, in a bonely world oh, okay, I'm not gonna... i hate to, you know what to I, hate to, I hate to say it but his gimmick is great down in nxt and honestly my biggest fear is that if they bring him up that the writers that the, the raw writers aren't going to get it and they're going to do like what they've been doing with um wade barrett which by the way can i go on a bit of a rant here no oh okay. <laughs> what's the rant all right i've been watching a lot of the old uh bad news barrett skits on the jbl and cole show and i went back and watched a lot of the newer stuff that he's been doing on raw and i think i finally understand why this gimmick has been bothering me because i i just have not been able to get into the bad news Barrett gimmick on raw. I just, I don't understand what people see in it, but I went after watching a lot of the bad news Barrett gimmicks from the JBL show. I finally understand what the biggest problem is and it's pacing. You know, the, the comedy, like the bad news Barrett gimmick is predicated on speed. It's in, it's out. You don't linger on it and really give it thought or else you're going to realize how stupid the gimmick is. You know, it's like being slapped in the face and then running away. You know, it's like you're kind of just sitting there more like, you know, dumbfounded by what just happened rather than dwelling on, you know, what actually did happen. And I think that's the biggest problem I have with bad news Barrett. I don't think the material is that terrible. Honestly, it's generic, but it's not terrible. I think the problem is the whole setup. They have him go out there. They have that podium. They have him go out there, and, and they do that thing where they give the, the the fans time to react to it. You know, he says his line, then waits. Then he says another line, then waits. It's the typical WWE delivery. And I think a gimmick like that to really get over, you, you can't do that. You you can't have it linger. You know, if they really if they left it to the backstage bits where he's in and he's out and that's it, 
I think that gimmick could really have a lot of legs. As such, it's like a fart. It's just it's there and it just lingers and it stinks. I just I, I it really bugs me because this shouldn't be difficult. Just do what was working on the JBL show and you're good to go. But WWE has to make it its own thing. They have to put their their comedic stamp and their comedic stamp nine times out of ten is not funny. It's not comedy. And so it's basically unfor- what you're saying is Wade Barrett, not the one to watch. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> I think this is going to be a rough year if we're, the Bad News Barrett gimmick is going to be what we're going to be looking towards. So I think what you're saying is, if you're Wade Barrett, well, I'm afraid Miguel's got some bad news. <laughs> Sean, who is your one to watch? <clears throat> well, as you all know, I am a big Seth Rollins fan. That is why I'm not going for him. But I'm going to go with Corey Graves from NXT. Hmm. I think he's going to come up in the Royal Rumble, eliminate Dean Ambrose, and they're going to feud for a long time for the U.S. belt. And Corey Graves is going to take the belt off him. Where do you think he's going to end up uh, within the year? Is he going to win any titles? Is he going to be... He's, he's, he's going to win the U.S. championship, and he's, he's going to linger around a, a, a few months longer than Curtis Axel. Oh, well, that's not saying too much, Curtis Axel. Corey Graves currently in the Ascension? No, that's Victor no. and um, Connor O'Brien. Connor. I'm not Connor looking O'Brien. at him, though. I want to do the fucking blue dot gimmick with his face. <laughs> I'm going to go with Seamus for my one to watch. Um, I have said before many, many times that I think Seamus gets a little bit too special treatment. And you guess, but fucked by Triple H. <laughs> and it it's not justified to have him as much of a focal point as they've had in the past. Now that we have only one championship for the main event, theoretically he should get less of that treatment, and I honestly think he's going to get more. Right now we don't have many heels in the main event in WWE. We have Randy Orton, who can't be the only person really we have alberto del rio who fuck alberto del rio we're going to adventure anymore anyway he lost to sin cara he has to take a step down he has to WWE we can't be doing what they've done the past three years where they just stick with del rio and they make him the only fucking person for an entire uh, championship because now that championship isn't around so he has to be somebody that takes a step down, and they have to realize that he's just not as good. Um, we have Mark Henry, we have Big Show, two guys who are baby faces right now, but they make heel turns and babyface turns here and there. So one of them, at the very least, is going to turn heel throughout the year, guaranteed. I think it's going to be Mark Henry against Big E. I think it probably is going to be Mark Henry too. Um, Mark Henry but, is you know just what? a better heel. Yeah, but you know what, Big Show could potentially be doing it as well. I mean, they've had both these guys as heel and babyface at the same time, so uh, you never know. It depends on well, what with, they need months big, months from now. With Big Show, it's like it, no one cares if he turns heel or face anymore. It's just like, it's just right. show. It's whatever. But without that, I mean, you've got your John Cena's and your CM Punk's and your Daniel Bryan's and everything that are babyfaces right now, and you don't have many heels. So they're going to need at least one more heel, especially if Batista's coming in as a babyface and they don't turn him heel because you can't keep Brock Lesnar around as a heel. He's not going to be around all the time. You're not going to turn you know, John Cena heel. I doubt that they're really going to keep Daniel Bryan heel. So they need another heel to back up Randy Orton. 
And Sheamus has been rumored to be coming back as a heel. And they also have been, according to Scoop Scoop Scoops, willing to admit that his babyface turn is just not as good as they wanted it to be. So if Sheamus comes back anywhere near in time for WrestleMania, guaranteed he's coming back with a babyface pop and then getting a heel turn. And if he comes afterward, he's going to come back and immediately have a heel turn or something like that, I think. And when Randy Orton drops the title to whomever he drops the title to, whether it's Cena or Punk or Brian or Batista, whatever, Sheamus is going to be a guy that needs to fill in that heel spot. And I think when you see Triple H and Sheamus, the way that they've worked in the past where Triple H kind of gives him a little bit of special treatment here and there. They they gave him, you know, that world title reign where he was nowhere near ready for it just because Triple H and the powers that be are big on Sheamus. And they're also doing this whole big thing of they want these big guys and they're turning down people for contracts because they're not, you know, strong, big, uh, big muscular people. Sheamus fills, fills that spot. So I think Sheamus is going to be one of these guys that throughout the entire year, he's going to be the top or second top heel in the company. And he's going to have feuds with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, maybe John Cena again, because they're going to redo that over and over again. Uh, he's going to have his match with Batista. There's going to be quite a bit. And Sheamus is going to be one of those guys to watch out for. I think that uh, Sheamus is going to be maybe the longest running champion for 2014. So definitely my one to watch. Uh, I would say some honorable mentions that we got, we have mentioned here. Um, we've talked about Roman Reigns. Yeah, I almost went with Roman Reigns. I think we all kind of agree that Daniel Bryan's going to have a good year, right? Um, maybe. Maybe. If he leaves the Wyatts. Um, it depends how they book him. He's uh, They had him really hot for a while, and he's cooled off some. He's got the potential to be uh, that um, bigger game, but they've got to be really careful. They're um, treading on thin ice here. Well, are we all in agreement that Biggie Langston's probably going to have a good year? Unless they get bored of him. Mm, yeah, I could see Biggie Langston being just a short-term thing. Really? Hmm. A Bobby Lashley, bro. Mm-hmm. Hey, Bobby Lashley had the best win win average of any wrestler in the WWE. You know what? Bobby Lashley would have been put over as a big star. I see Big E as a bit different. I think he's just the flavor of the month. And much like Ezekiel Jackson, they'll just get bored of him and just later drop him. Well, the only other person that I can think of, uh, if I was going for a five list or anything like that, uh, from what I've been hearing, CM Punk has the potential to have a good year. But to me, that's kind of... I don't know if that's really necessarily going to happen. What do you guys think? Nope. Punk, I, I think he retires he's... this year. I think he's going to have a good year, just so they can shut him up bitching. Didn't they already try that, and he didn't shut up? So why would they still try to appease him more? Guys, he's a freaking complainer. Just fucking retire already. Go away. Because he's banging EG. It's always no jokes? Oh, nobody had a joke there? Damn. <laughs> Anyway, um, those are some suggestions for One to Watch. I want to know what you guys out there think the One to Watch for 2014 is going to be. Next year around, who knows? Maybe we'll all be right. Maybe we'll all be wrong. Maybe there's going to be somebody who pops up from NXT that we didn't even have a clue is going to be a big deal. Maybe, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes gets that spot and he blows up this year. 
not uh, literally, but <laughs> who knows? Uh, very interesting time for WWE, though. So 2014, we're going to be watching out for all these people. Mostly Roman Reigns, it seems. But Bo Dallas, Corey Graves, Sheamus, three other people that we could be watching out for. We're going to finish this off and just uh, cover up some plugs here. Starting off with Mike Payton. Uh, please stay tuned to everything going on at Mega Powers Radio at megapowersradio.com. Most notably, join us every Monday night following the conclusion of Monday Night Raw for the NPR Raw Post Show, where we go live, giving our fresh thoughts about what just happened on that evening show. And we also open up the phone line so all of you folks can come in and tell us what your thoughts about that evening's Raw was, pose us any questions, and interact with us a lot more than you get to on any other show. So be sure to join us every Monday night following the end of Raw, www.megapowersradio.com. Wago. Uh, for me, every Tuesday over on Dream Elite Radio, you can catch me doing Unanimous Decision MMA at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, we've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about since uh, the last two weeks I've not been on. Silver breaking his leg, GSP retiring, so on and so on. And on the 12th, on a Sunday this month, uh, we're going to be doing Addicted to Anime, and we're going to be covering Sword Art Online, an anime in which... Um, Thousands of uh, people in Japan get uh, stuck in a video game where if they die there, they die in real life. Hmm. Miguel? Um, www.fanboysanonymous.com. Check out 90s Kid Presents, which is my uh, my uh, blog series. I am working on the third part of my top 16 games of the late 90s. I should have that up soon. But I also have something else that I want to plug. Well, two things first off. Um... Check out I Got Gameplay tomorrow. I'm going to be taking over as host tomorrow. Uh, our usual host, Michael Burhan, won't be in. So I will be taking over, and we're going to be talking about video game stories, personal stories of, that you might have about your experiences with the video games, what got you into video games, whatnot, and other things. Um, so be sure to check that out. Um, I'm so embarrassed. I, I Forgive me, guys. I don't know where the show is going to be. I'm actually trying to look for it. I believe Burhan just said that we got a new uh, new provider, so I'm trying to look on, on the uh, Facebook page to see where it is so I can plug it. But um, I believe the last provider was XFI Radio, so... Why don't you just go to Facebook.com slash IGotGameplay? You'll get the details there. <laughs> Probably yeah, true. Yeah, Facebook.com slash IGotGameplay. I'm sorry, Burhan. I, I was not... I didn't realize... Say sorry that... to him. Say sorry to the fans. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, fans, I'm sorry, but... <laughs> oh, that sounded so sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, also be on the lookout for a new show coming up on whatever channel the I Got Gameplay stuff is, because I myself am actually going to be hosting a TV a show of my own. Um, I'm going to be hosting a movie-based uh, pod, uh, movie-based uh, t- um, uh, radio uh, series sometime next week. We're still fleshing that yeah. out. You can look forward and, to more of this, folks. Yeah, I'm the I'm one of the, I'm a terrible pitch man. Forgive me, guys. <laughs> it's late. I'm kind of tired. I'm I'm sure I'm gonna just hear nothing but but ribbings about this. But um, yeah, be sure to check out uh, XFI Radio or the I Got Gameplay Facebook page for more details about that. But sometime next week, I should be starting my own uh, movie-based t- uh, show. Uh, we're gunning for next Thursday, and the topic is going to be on the biggest flops of 2013. So and Sean? Bloody hell. Um, just YouTube search me, just Sean Let's Plays. 
uh, no spaces, and my Twitter page is SeanC2K37. Alright guys, next week on Smack Talk, our special feature is going to be Busted Open. What was better, having the ability to pick which title you're challenging for when you win the Royal Rumble? We're going back to the way that things used to be, where there's only one title, and you automatically know who they're going to be challenging. Big thanks for everyone on the panel this evening, and thank you out there for listening. This has been another Smart Out moment, and we're being counted out. There's no holding my lunch. I'm not driven by fear. I'm just driven by popcorn. And you're under attack. I'm not a commentator. I'm the eliminator. <laughs> the outro clowns sing songs. And Taker's got three dongs. <laughs> Big Show shows his gun. They're all here. Well, here's the outro you need. The outro you got. The outro you want. Don't fucking complain. The outro you need. The outro you got. The outro you want. Now please come back again. We're off to a horrible start for 2014. <laughs> <laughs> We're terrible people. To be fair, for a Benoit song... That could have been fucking horrible if he had chose to take the Benoit route. Yeah, I was originally going to do something like, here's the Benoit you need, the Benoit you got. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>